Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. The following podcast contains explicit language. Mary, have you ever cried at work? Ooh, good question. Uh, not in front of anyone. I waited till I got to the bathroom. Oh. I got blamed for doing something I didn't do. Oh. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 18 years, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we'll discuss why sometimes it is good to change your mind. Yes, then Liz has a decidedly summer hit, and I have a bullet journal bomb. And finally, we'll share a charitable and earth-friendly Hollywood hack. Yes, but first we got an interesting letter that we don't actually have an answer to, and we're curious about what you all, not you guys, you all think. Mm -hmm. This is what Aaron wrote. With all the discussion lately about the words we choose, I was wondering if you could discuss the use of the words actor and actress. I'm a woman and a singer, and I'm happy that I can just be a singer and not use a gendered word. Obviously, the Oscars still have Best Actress and Best Actor categories, yet Jenna Fisher's book is entitled The Actor's Life, even though she is recounting her experiences as a woman. It seems there are plenty of feminists in Hollywood today. What is the prevailing feeling about the uses of these words? This is such an interesting question, given all of our discussion about the term guys and whether we should use it for mixed-gendered groups. Yeah. Um, and not being an actor, I mean, again, we're writers. Yeah. We're not a writress. You know, <laughs> right. we're just writers. writers. <laughs> um, now, we know the actor Zoe Kazan prefers to be called actor. Yes. And if you don't know Zoe Kazan, she was nominated for an Emmy for her role in the HBO miniseries Olive Kitteridge. And um, just as we started discussing all this, we saw a tweet of hers um, where she, it, that begins, someone asks her, what do you do? And she says, I'm an actor. And the other person says, actress. Mm. And she, like, did a little emoji, like, Ugh. Mm. Um, So she's in the actor category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to add that her mom is Robin Swicord, who's this just brilliant Oscar-nominated screenwriter, very much a feminist. So she's clearly a chip off the maternal block. Yes. Um, but... What's interesting for me about it is that I have been trying to say actor 
for mm-hmm. women and men. Mm-hmm. But after the guy discussion, it sort of falls in the same category. Right. Maybe it's maybe we should be calling females who act actresses. Right. Or because, should we Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the what the solution to that is. Yeah, I was asking my friend Amanda who acts what she thinks. She didn't have a strong opinion. She had a friend who actually has a gender-neutral name Mm. who likes to be referred to as an actress because it makes it clear what her gender is. So I think people are kind of all over the map on this one. Right, and awards shows are sort of starting right now to grapple with this Mm -hmm. as well. MTV... Um, did a best performance category, not best mm. actor, best actress, but best performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there was another award show that was doing like best performance by a female, best performance mm-hmm. by a male or something. I can't remember which one it was and we couldn't find it. But um, so I, I don't know the answer to this one. Yeah, it's in this ever evolving language soup like yeah what where do we go with this right because you and i by the way could easily offend people because we are this is a word we say a lot a lot so i would like to have a definitive answer right if there is one yes as would i so a lot of you out there act are you a female who acts do you go by actress or actor and why? What do you prefer? So let us know. Email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Okay, Sarah, let's dive into our segment from the treadmill desk of in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And today it's be open to changing your mind. Yes. Um, in episode 56, we talked about our goal of being decisive as bosses. Um, And decisiveness is important, but as with so many things, the opposite is also true. Yes. If you're not open to changing your mind, you run the risk of closing yourself off to better ideas that might come along. Right. Exactly. Um, And, you know, the fix is just getting rolling. Mm -hmm. Um, And as it kind of goes from being this theoretical thing that we've been talking about to actually being real and concrete, we're bringing in so many new people, writers and crew, and it's cast. Cast yeah. just, you know, kind of explodes in terms of collaboration. The number of people who come in to contribute is vast. Yeah, and a lot of them will have amazing ideas. And what we don't, what we don't want to do is get so set on something that we don't allow ourselves to accept someone has a better idea that could improve the show because, one, we just don't want to do the work of changing our, mm-hmm. you know, what we've already <laughs> yeah. written or already conceived, uh-huh. or we feel threatened that they have an idea that's better than an idea one of us had. Right. You know, I think we talked about that. You just, you don't, you always just want the best idea. Right. And in some cases, we've kind of built something that culminates in something that we're really attached to. And it is tempting to not change our minds, mm-hmm. to to yeah. just like stick with that thing because we're used to it and we like it. And, and if we stick to it too strongly, like you said, we're closing ourselves off. Yeah. Now, of course, in some cases, we don't have a choice but to change our mind because there is a major financial reality to making a show. Right. And if it comes back to us, there is no way in hell you can afford to do that car chase. Not that we're going to have a lot of car chases (laughs) 
we have to ha- change our minds. Right. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the, the mind changing is dictated by the budget. Yes, by the harsh reality mm-hmm. of the budget. Because the budget on an episode is, you know, half of what it yes. was on the pilot. Yes. So you do have to make difficult decisions. So then yeah. it's just prioritizing. Yeah. And of course, Sarah, being willing to change your mind isn't just important professionally. True. Um, although it is important in every field, no doubt. Yes. Personally, it's also good to be able to change your mind. Um, and you have an example of this that I will be <laughs> gloating about. Forever. Sort of. Well, yeah. Having staunchly defended the Flemish giant rabbit um, we are not getting a Flemish giant rabbit. If anyone doesn't know what Sarah's talking about, go back and listen <laughs> to episodes 49 and 58 in which we discuss Sarah's plan to buy this um, large rodent for Violet's, <laughs> Violet's birthday. Um, but okay, it's not happening. It's not Give happening. Give me the whole story. Okay, well— as we discussed in the previous episode, I do a lot of research before I make these decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of downsides to having a rabbit. Mm. Um, and as our list, some of our listeners pointed that out and wrote in, and that was mm-hmm. a part of my research, which I appreciate. But really, what happened is Violet and I went to um, a petting zoo mm-hmm. where they had Flemish giants mm. just out, available to be played with and mm-hmm. petted and loved. She could not have been less interested in them. Mm. Just could not have cared less about them. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I was like, I'm going to get this bunny. And she's just going to be like, yeah, whatevs. Yeah. <laughs> and oh and you're gonna, how long do they live? Well, they can live a long time. They can live like 10 or 12 years, right. I think. So it would be 10 years of her not caring about the bunny. Yeah. And me, like, you know, changing bunny poop yeah. out of a litter box nonstop. So um, so we had a conversation. We mm-hmm. talked about the pros and the cons mm-hmm. of having a Flemish giant rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and... She decided that she would rather not have one. So is you're just sticking with the two dogs? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I sense no. another LVS coming on. Yeah. What are you getting? Well, this is what you're not going to be coming over to my house mm-hmm. um, because we're getting two guinea pigs instead. Oh, if there's anything I like less than a Flemish <laughs> giant rabbit, it's a guinea pig. I know. Um, yes, but she's super excited Aww. about the guinea pigs. And I'm excited because you can get you have to get two because they can't just one is lonely and sad. Mm. Um, so they'll have friends and it'll just be, I think, a much, much better. And they don't run around the house. They'll have like a play area. Don't they smell? According to Mary, who had one, they do smell. Um, but. You know, there are pros and cons to everything. Oh, my God. We'll work it out. Okay. I am I'm, not. I don't want to even glimpse a guinea pig. Well, wait till we get chickens. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need more property. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, you've changed your mind on that. I'm sad that I'm not the one who convinced you, but I'm still going to gloat. <laughs> um, and I'm sure we'll be changing our minds a lot in the yes. next six months. Um, and um, hopefully we'll be able to recognize better ideas when we see them and be smart enough to grab them. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Sarah, it is time for a listener question. And this comes from Dawn. She says, I'd appreciate hearing your thoughts on crying at work. 
I've been a longtime believer that crying about work at work is a big no way, double exclamation point. Personal tears, such as a death of a loved one, are different. That said, I'm a veterinarian and have cried with my clients over the loss of a dear pet. Maybe that should be a no, too. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, especially how crying might be seen in Hollywood. Ooh, this is a good question. I know. Wow. Well, I think we both need to confess right off the bat that we have cried at work. Yes, and I've cried over personal things and work things. Yes. I mean, I have burst into (laughs) tears in the writer's room no less than three times. (laughs) I love that you're counting. Well, I know course. one of them. What are, what okay, are the other so, two? Okay, uh, so at the Shield, I started crying because uh, I was worried that someone— I had gotten news that one of my family members might be sick. It turned okay. out well, it that's was personal. okay. That was okay. personal. I cried when I was pregnant and incredibly hormonal. <laughs> um, I, I, another writer said something about, like, my pregnancy, like, which was nothing wrong that he said. You weren't there. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, for whatever reason, I just burst into tears and, like, was like, I'm sorry. It's just the hormones and ran out of the room. And I mean, everyone, <laughs> they sent down, like, the only female in the building, a writer's assistant, oh, to my God. check on me. And it was just, that was humiliating because it was truly, there was no reason for right. me to cry. <laughs> And then the work-related time I burst into tears was uh, you weren't there because we were working on 666 Park Avenue, a show a few years ago. You were on maternity leave. Uh I was in the room. We had a pilot called The Selection uh, for the CW, um, and I saw on deadline that CW had bought a project that felt similar that I felt was going to take our spot. and. a few minutes after seeing this, I'm in the room, and one of the writers said, so, Liz, are you worried about rain? That was the name of the project, which did end up going. Um, and ours did not. And ours did not. Go, Do you think that affects your project at all? And I went, yes, I'm worried. <laughs> I started bawling, <laughs> ran out of the room. <laughs> and every time I've done this, it's just freaked the shit out of everyone because I think they don't see me as someone who will just start crying at the drop yes. of a hat. So, but you know what? I have to say, it's it's like everyone has always been very understanding about it. I've always gone around and like personally apologized to everyone. Uh, um, those were all things, though, that I will say, like, it wasn't about a fight I was having in the moment or something. Right. Like, I never have started crying getting, like, notes. Right. You yes. know, which I think that would be tough. Yes. Although we know that that happens. Often. Often people Um, start crying during note sessions. What's interesting to me about that is that you are so not the crier. Like, between the two of us, I'm totally the crier, and you're much more stoic. Yeah. Like, I can't count the number of times that I've cried at work. Well, I don't think you've ever cried in the writer's room, have you? I don't think I have. Maybe I just hold it in until I get to the bathroom? Well, what do you think about it? Honestly, I think it's okay. And is this also one of these sexist things yes. where women are more prone to crying? We just, or it seems that way, anecdotally. Yes. I don't want to state that. Well, I think men are socialized not to cry right. their entire lives. Yes, yes. And, you know, um, so, uh, yes, I definitely think it's a, it's a gender thing and that judgment about crying at work 
is part of sort of a overall Women can't hack sexist it. framework. Yes. yes. Um, and I think usually when women are crying, there's a good reason for it. Yeah. I think often there's a sense that, like, if you're crying, you're trying to manipulate someone. Mm. Um, that's kind of the judgment that comes with it and that that's almost always not accurate. Um, and usually, like, if I'm crying in a work framework, it's because I'm angry. I was just going to say it's more about anger than yeah. sadness. Yeah. yeah. Like, and because I'm just going to speak for myself, like, I wasn't raised knowing how to deal with my anger. Mm. And I think a lot of women aren't raised knowing how to deal with their anger because you're not supposed to have it. You're just supposed to smile and be nice. Right. And so whatever kind of turmoil of emotions happens when we're angry and trying not to be and and we don't have and I think this is changing. But for me, I for a long time didn't have the tools to kind of deal with anger, mm -hmm. to even recognize that I was angry and then deal with it appropriately. I can recognize when you're angry <laughs> I know very you easily. <laughs> <laughs> you probably recognize it before I do. I do. You know, so in general, I think we have to be easier on ourselves and people have to be not so fucking judgy if somebody's crying at work. Yeah, I will point everyone to broadcast news Um which is an amazing movie starring Holly Hunter. And in the movie, periodically, she plays this high-powered news producer who's incredibly smart right. and driven yes. and capable. But just every so often, she would go into a room, shut the door, unplug the phone. I think she would wrap the cord yes. around the phone and just bawl. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's just, it was funny. because It was it's how like, she coped. It's how she, she coped. She would be so strong, and then she would just go in, bawl, and then go out and kick ass. Yeah. So um, if you want inspiration about crying at work, um, watch broadcast news. Yes. And I just want to say, I wasn't implying that Dawn is being judgy. I think no. it's an honest question and a oh, good question. Yes. I mean, look, I it's do— It's more the people you're face-to-face -face with when you're crying who are like, hmm, you're weak. Yeah, I do everything I can. Having said all this, I do everything I can not to cry at work. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but if I do, I need to tell myself it's okay. Agreed. So thanks, Dawn, for the question. Yeah, we'll get more mail on this subject. Oh, we will. <laughs> Next up, we have a summer hack, and I have a bomb. But first, an ad break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, Liz, you have a hit this week. I have a bomb. Do you want to launch into your hit? Yes. Okay, I'm calling this a hit because, Sarah, I did something that I think most of us dread, mm. and that is I went swimsuit shopping. Oh, God. I forced myself. I didn't order swimsuits online. 
I actually went to Bloomingdale's. Wow. And got swimsuits off the rack and oh went gosh. into a dressing room and tried on like a probably 13 swimsuits. And I bought two. Wow. And it was not fun. Um, it was I looking in the mirror, trying on different swimsuits. And that just, like fluorescent light. The lighting oh, is so God. bad. Um, but I'm really proud of myself because um, I did it. Because I was really like... For the last several years, my thought in getting a swimsuit has been, what is the most plain, basic, full coverage, like a swimsuit that I'm not even, yeah. I'm just pretending it's not a swimsuit. Totally. I'm just yes. pretending it doesn't exist. Yeah. But I got a little more fashion-y. I bought a swimsuit that, well, I won't call it sexy. It, it is in, adjacent to that. I mean, it's got some style. Did you get one of those little ruffle off the shoulder swimsuits that everyone has this year? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I got one that's like black that has part of it has like that clear material, so you see oh, skin through it. Yeah. Um. So you know, that's something. Yeah. 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 Um. And then I got one that's blue and white and is very cute, like legitimately cute. Right. Aww. Um. So do I look exactly the way I want to look in these swimsuits? No, I do not. <laughs> but and what was interesting to me is that I actually felt better in a swimsuit that was trying, quote unquote, to, you know, be fashionable uh-huh. than I did in one that was, quote unquote, just trying not to be noticed. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was a lesson for me, for my own self. Yeah. And I'm patting myself on the back for getting new swimsuits. Um, And now I just need to get the body to go into the swimsuits that I want. But that's like a whole other decade. Embrace. Yeah. (laughs) A decade. Yes. A a decade called the 80s. Yeah. Um, Now we just embrace (laughs) who we are. That's right. And love our bodies for where they are. Okay. And appreciate them (laughs) for getting us through the day. Okay. Well, whatever. (laughs) Um, I just want to say I'm also very proud of you. That is monumental. It is, right? It is. It's yes, not it easy is. at this no. stage in life. I have not gone in to try on a bathing suit in, I don't know, 15 years. I'm a straight-up online bathing suit shopper. Yeah. Well, you may find that, you know, it's something to think about. Well, I, won't say I will now. I won't say it's fun, but um, I did feel good to conquer that. Yes. Okay, Sarah, what is your bomb? You have a bomb. I ha- Yeah, I have a bullet journaling bomb, which mm. is, it's just, it's a very practical one. It's not uh, deeply emotional. But, you know, I just, I literally think since the week our pilot got picked up, mm. not the show, but the pilot. So that was so like all the way back end in, of January, beginning of February. Yeah. I have not been utilizing my bullet journal. Okay. Well, explain, some of our listeners may not know what a bullet journal is. A bullet journal is a, well, it's individualized. You can kind of do it however you want. But um, mine is a moleskin notebook that I take with me everywhere. And I, every day, um, write down like a to-do list and uh, one sentence about the day and sort of a goal for the day. And it's it's just a place to kind of keep and organize your life. Mm, right. Um, and I keep a habits checklist in it. And without that, you know, Gretchen, uh, Ruben, your sister, um, says you manage what you monitor. Mm. 
And I have not been monitoring anything. And you're usually a big person who into monitoring. Yes. yes. And it really helps me keep my life structured and together. Mm-hmm. And it's just flown off into the wind. And uh, like I, I feel like I'm just completely loosey-goosey out of control, which, as you know, I don't like. Yeah. This is very on you. Yeah. Like, I do. I think of that bullet journal as attached to your hip, and I haven't even noticed that you haven't been using it. Well, it's in my bag. I'm oh, carrying it around. You're just not opening it and writing things down and yeah. looking at things. Yes. Okay. So I got—I think what I need is this is a fresh start time okay. right now. Because we're starting our show. Yes. And, yes. Yes. So what I need is a fresh start bullet journal. Mm. I got one. It's a panda planner, which I've never used before. Okay. Um, so if any of our listeners have used a panda planner, please let me know if you like it, how it works, if there are any tricks. Um, what is a panda planner? It's, can you not explain it? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually I get just a blank moleskin and I mm. kind of fill out the pages the way I want them. This has... Um, pages already set up Mm, where you write down your goals and your tasks and your schedule. We'll Um, have to link to it. Yeah, so it's not as freewheeling as mine is. Um, But I think for now, it'll be good. Okay. And I'm committed to getting back to my bullet journal. Okay, I'll be watching you. Eagle eye. (laughs) We share an office, so I'm going to pay attention if you're writing things down. Yes, you'll know. (laughs) Next up, we'll share a green Hollywood hack. But first, a word from our sponsor. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. And now it's time for this week's Hollywood hack, the give back box. Sarah, this is something you found. Yeah, I was ordering a birthday present for Violet online and this little box came up notifying me that the seller uses give back box, Hmm. Um, which is basically, let's see, I'll just read this. Um, So give back box provides vendor services to retailers and charities, giving each and every cardboard box a second life to help people in need. So basically, you use a cardboard box you might have received from any kind of shipment, like I order from Amazon, and then you put any household items or clothing that you want to donate in that box, print a label at home, and you can mail it straight to your nearest partner organization, like mine and my neighborhood is a Goodwill. Mm. So I can just print this label, give back box, we'll send it for free to Goodwill, And if you include your name and email when you print the label, you'll get a tax receipt Mm. when your box is received. So it's a great way to, one, use boxes again. Yes. And two, donate. Yes, which is part of, you know, helps you declutter. 
Oh, which my is God. Good. Yes. And in some places, you can even have the Postal Service come pick it up, which right. would make it even easier. Yeah. Um, what I love is then you can, like, have a box, and as you find things you want to donate, pack them right in, and then when that is full, get rid of it. You know, it's it, it it just kind of makes perfect sense. It does. And if I did that with every box that came into mm. my house, I would have a much clearer house. So that's my yes. new goal, to oh, utilize like Give Back Box every day. Yes. Okay. We'll put a link to it in the notes. But it's givebackbox.com. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you have not already. Thanks to our producer, the amazing Chuck Reed from Sancola Sound. Thanks to the awesome ad team at Panoply. Thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins, for helping us juggle the insanity that is our lives. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft, and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. So are you serious about getting these chickens, or is this just something in the wind? No, I'm serious. There's a perfect spot in the backyard for them. And then I'd have fresh eggs. But then aren't you going to have to clean the coop? This is Los Angeles, Liz. There are people you can hire to do that. There's like a service, a chicken coop cleaning service. All right. I'm just, we're working at my house from now on. (laughs) 